Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Cynthia Hyatt, and I hope you had a good Monday. Here we are Tuesday, and we are devoting this week to relationships, how to have healthy ones, what is necessary in a relationship for it to actually work and be successful. Last week, we talked a lot about relationship with God, with ourselves, and how that affects our, our, our relationships that we have with others. And so today, I'm, I'm going to entitle this Relationship Rules, Who Needs Them? And so I'm going to start with a couple of Bible verses, just to give you kind of a framework about God's take on rules and what rules and commandments are about. And so Matthew chapter 22 Verses 35 through 41, this is the New International Version. It says, One of them, an expert in the law, tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. God knew that if we were loving the Lord with all we had, with our heart, our mind, our soul, all that that we had within us, we would then be better able to love others and love ourselves. And when we are doing that, we don't have to get caught up in legalism. We don't have to have a list of you know, 25 rules. And, and this is why this is so important. Because what it says in the Message Bible, I like how it's a, it's a little bit different um, phrasing. It says, when the Pharisees heard how he had uh, bested the Sadducees, they gathered their forces for an assault. One of their religious scholars spoke to them, posing a question they hoped would show him up. Teacher, which command in God's law is the most important? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence. This is the most important, the first on any list. But there is a second to set alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. These two commands are pegs. Everything in God's law and the prophet hangs from them. Love others as well as you love yourself. And, and last week, we really talked about loving yourself, being in relationship with yourself. And we see that this is actually a commandment. Because when we love ourselves well, we're going to love others even better. So when, when I talk to you about rules, when I say rules, because these are rules, these commandments are rules, they're, they, they guide us. What do you feel like when you think about rules? 
And how do rules play out in your life? Do you have a lot of rules? Do you have a few rules? Do you like to break rules? Or do you like to keep rules? Do you feel guilty when you break a rule? Do, you, do rules need to make sense to you in order for you to keep them? Do they feel restrictive or constraining or controlling? So let's take some time and look at the concept of rules and see if having rules in your relationship will give you the relationship you've always wanted. So the only reason we're going to spend time understanding the concept of rules is to really establish a premise as to why we may want rules and embrace the need for, quote-unquote, relationship rules. It's kind of like I'm presenting to you a case for necessity. I'm presenting a case about the importance of relationship rules. If you truly want success, so hear my case for relationship rules. Oftentimes, we think that the absence of rules is ultimate freedom. However, how much would you enjoy a, ga- a football game if there were no rules? How would you feel when the referee made a bad call and cost the game? No rules. It's a free-for-all. I think of words like pandemonium, chaos, anarchy, helplessness, powerlessness, fear, and uncertainty. Think about the different times in your life when, or situations when... when someone didn't obey the rules. What were the consequences and how did you feel? How do you feel when someone cuts in line at the store or merges in the lane while driving because they they didn't want to wait like the rest of us? These are small infractions. Think about major rule breaking. So did you know that Arizona has the highest fatality rate in the nation for red light running? Those are huge consequences. But what happens to your self-concept when you break your own rules? When you go against your own value system? You see, rules done correctly and rightly create safety and security, which leads people to be better able to relax and healthily participate in the activity that the rules apply to. So healthy rules cause people to flourish and grow Rules are like the skeletal structure of your body. Without them, we could not stand, regardless of the strength of our muscles. With them, we can support and use the strength of our muscles to move, to lift, to embrace, to build, to go go where we want to go. So when rules are done incorrectly or oppressively, and they're done for individual gain, they create fear, bondage, inauthenticity, dishonesty, lying, cheating, all these types of things. Unhealthy rules cause people to grow abnormally and unnaturally. And this creates more inauthenticity. People are trying to be something they're not, or they're feeling compelled to be something or someone they are not in order to survive their environment. These are very uh, oppressive, repressive regimes. These are countries that many times this is what communism is. And this ultimately does lead to dishonest hiding, loneliness, shame, isolation, depression, feelings of worthlessness, apathy. People give up. They feel crazy. It, It really is an amazing thing when rules are done correctly for benefit 
and safety and when, are, when they are done to oppress and control. So let's look at what are some examples of unhealthy or oppressive rules. In our times, consider what would be uh, purported regarding Sharia law within the Muslim religion. Think of how oppressive the Egyptians were to the Israelites, which is why God wanted to deliver them from the bondage of that law and all those laws the Egyptians were placing on the Israelites. The same situation occurred when Jesus cleared the temple. So many people were prohibited from entering the temple because of status, money. There were so many rules as to how you could get in just into the temple. So some examples of what unhealthy rules would look like. Here are some typical spoken or unspoken rules in unhealthy relationships. Do what, quote unquote, looks good even if it's dishonest. Don't be a bother, don't rock the boat. Avoid conflict. Just don't think about it. If we don't think about it, it will go away if we ignore it. Deny things you don't want to see and they will go away. Do what I say even when I do the opposite. Express only happy, positive feelings. It's wrong to be angry or sad. You must never question my behavior, but go along with it. If you really loved me, you'll do what I want. You must conform to what I expect of you no matter what. Your needs are not as important as my needs. This is a really powerful one. Everything is either good or bad. Feelings, preferences, and opinions are either good or bad. Defensiveness and sensitivity rule the relationship, so it's not safe to talk. It's not safe to be who you are. It's not safe to express yourself. You're walking on eggshells, always trying to avoid landmines. This is a very, very common one. Don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. Secrecy is the same as privacy. And there is a very big distinction between secrecy and privacy. Feeling guilty if you even have a need. So let's look at some characteristics of functional or healthy families or institutions, organizations. And I adapted this from John Bradshaw's book on the family. I, I love a lot of the writings that um, Dr. John Bradshaw does. You may really want to look at some of his books. <coughs> So there are five freedoms that must be expressed. In order to be fully functional, each human being needs to express freely what we call five basic powers that constitute human strength. These are the power to perceive, to think and interpret, power to emote, to choose, power to want and desire, and the power to be creative through the use of imagination. Now, I know those sound very esoteric, but what I want you to think about is it, what, what it means is that we're allowed to be human, we're allowed to be fully alive, and we're allowed to be unique, and we're allowed to be mistake-making. We're allowed to try. We're allowed to challenge ourselves and others. So there's this unfolding process of intimacy so when we look at partnerships and marriages, 
as the chief component of any family, the needs to be in the process of becoming intimate. These needs are a process. And so the process goes through the stages of being in love, working out differences, compromising, and allowing individualization. That means I'm allowed to be a unique individual. And then it, it creates, all of that creates a plateau of intimacy. So functional families, functional organizations, functional partnerships, friendships, community groups, are able to negotiate differences. Negotiating differences is a crucial task in the process of intimacy foundation. To negotiate those differences, there has to be a desire to cooperate. And there has to be a desire and a willingness to fight fairly. We must have clear and consistent communication. These are keys to establishing separateness and intimacy. This means I know where I end and you begin. We are separate, but are able to be very close, being known by one another. Trusting. Trusting is created by honesty. And that is the accurate expression of emotion, thoughts, and desires. And it's more important than agreement. Honesty is self-responsible, and honesty avoids shaming the other or self. There must be individuality. Individuality must be honored and rejoiced in. In functional families, differences are encouraged. Uniqueness and unrepeatability. Unre I love that word, that you are an unrepeatable person must be supported. As we do these, we get a more open and flexible organization or family where there can be spontaneous, without fear of shame and judgment. So this leads to our needs being fulfilled. Happy people are getting their needs met. A functional family organization community allows all of its members to get their needs filled, met, or the opportunity to meet their own needs, the opportunity to determine what they need and what they don't need. There's also healthy accountability. That's part of honesty. That's part of responsibility. So this means that they're willing to acknowledge individual problems as well as organizational problems or family problems without making it a secret and pretending like it's not there or over-exploiting it and shaming people in the process. So the rules are open and flexible, which means we allow for mistakes, and they can also be negotiated. So why rules? Why do we have rules? What really is a rule? Well, this is a statement spelling out proper procedure or conduct for any activity. Read the rules before entering the pool, right? You have to read the, you know, the, the driver's manual before you're allowed to drive a car. You have to know the laws that are, that are in the state that you live in. And, and if you live here in Phoenix, if you've lived here for any time, you're probably aware of the stupid motorist law. This corresponds <laughs> to Section 
through 910 of the Arizona Revised Statutes, and, and this states that any motorist who becomes stranded after driving around a barricade or through a barricade to enter a flooded stretch of roadway may be charged for the cost of his or her rescue. So this stupid motorist law says you should know better as an adult driver. So you are endangering everybody and costing everybody money because you're trying to do it the easy way. You're doing it the risky way. You're not using healthy, um, think, he healthy judgment and discernment. And so guess what? If you do that and we rescue you, you're going to pay for all of it. So words and concepts that are similar to rules are things like commandments, edicts, directives, orders, formulas, practices. You can fill in the blanks. So why did God give us the Ten Commandments? That's the law. Those are the rules. So first of all, he gave us these laws for the well-being of his people. He gave us the law for our good, for our betterment, not for his own benefit. The law was given to show us how to live life to the fullest. And think about the first rule God ever established was in the Garden of Eden. And look at the repercussions for breaking that rule. That was for their safety and the safety of all the humans that were going to follow. That was a huge rule. And they broke it. Secondly, the law was the, the, was the foundation for the nation of Israel. So like a constitution, the Ten Commandments formed a framework for living. It served as common law for common people living in a common land. So it was common to all people. This is part of what our founding fathers did with the Constitution. This was for all people in the United States. It was common. And so finally, the law was given to remind people of their, of their sinfulness. So it allowed for a reference point. And in my practice, I talk about reference points very frequently. Reference points help us know if we're within our own value system, if we're acting within our own integrity, if we are being responsible to others and to ourself. A reference point, they're like road markers, right? They're like signs. The reference point is the yellow line on the road versus the dotted white line. It tells us where we're at on the highway. So let's face it, because we're not perfect. God didn't expect us to be. So the law is like a mirror that reminds us of our unholiness. Not to shame us and tell us how bad we are. It's to remind us of our need for forgiveness and salvation. And to remind us that because forgiveness and salvation is available, this is how much God loves us. That he wants us to obey the law. So many times... You know, we as people think that God gave rules to control us when actually it's truly to liberate us and protect us from harm. Because think of how it feels when you go out into the world and everybody is obeying the law. Th imagine a world if everybody just followed the laws, the basic common laws, and were polite to one another. Imagine what that world might feel like. 
So if you've not used common sense in your relationship, then you're kind of like the person that's doing the stupid motorist law, right? You're entering into flooded areas, you're going around barricades, you're busting through things, you're creating more damage as you do it. And it costs money, time, and heartache. So rules serve as reference points. We have rules for everything, right? Rules to help make sure we're not damaging something, that we're getting the most out of time. We have rules as to how to treat species of animals. We don't treat goldfish the way we treat cats, nor do we require the same type of behaviors as to how to drive cars or how to work heavy machinery. Now, the rules governing a system must be based in morality, or it just becomes oppression. So the rules that govern your system individually and the rules that govern the system of your community, your friends, your family, your work, they absolutely need to be commensurate with the needs of the people that are in the system so that they are not oppressive, judgmental. So I'm going to give you a fairly exhaustive list, all right? And not all the rules may work in your relationship or apply. But it gives you a reference point as to how to develop your own unique rules that apply to the uniqueness of your relationship. Some are going to be common to, to all of us. Some of them are going to be uniquely made for the idiosyncrasies in your most private, personal, intimate relationships, as well as with your children, neighbors, the rules that you establish for yourself at work. And so there are some that are going to be common, some that are going to be unique. But it gives you a reference point as to how to develop your own unique rules that are going to apply to the uniqueness of your relationship. However, always, rules must be based in morality and individual and selfishness. And at the end of the day, you're going to find out if the rules really work because they will create peace safety, well-being, and provide energy to be a better person and bring out a better version of the people you're around. So they will uniquely be detailed and elaborate, but they will rest on the greatest rule and commandment ever made in terms of relationships. And that goes back, we're going to end with Matthew 22, 35 through 41, which is, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? said, love the Lord God with all your heart, all your passion, all your prayer and intelligence. This is the most important. But the second to come alongside it, not underneath it, but alongside it, love others as well as you love yourself. These two commands are pegs, foundational pieces, structure. Everything in God's law and the prophet hangs from them. So tomorrow, we are going to act, actually look at relationship rules. And we're going to probably post them uh, on the website. They may be on Facebook, maybe on Instagram. So we'll see what, what that looks like. But thank you for joining me today. I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. 
And there's lots of good things. There's three books also on the website that you can order from there or from um, Amazon.com. And Jeremy, thank you for being such a great producer. Have a great day. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.